It's time to set aside the superficial. It's time to go deeper. It's time to engage in truth. Here's John Bornstein. Well, everybody, welcome back to Engage in Truth. This is John Bornstein. I'm the senior pastor of Calvary Fellowship Fountain Valley Church right here in Colorado Springs. I'm so excited that you're tuning in again today. We have a very special program as we are talking about being better under pressure. That's right. Maybe right now you can relate with what I've already stated, because as Dr. Ford and I were getting ready for the program today, we just were highlighting together how life has added such immense pressure, perhaps more than you've ever felt before. I mean, certainly we feel it at the in all of the culture at large, all around us, with what perhaps feels like this building pressure towards the return of Jesus Christ our Lord. We know that society is going through changes, inflation, uh, even in politics and everything going on around us. We're certainly burdened by the wars that are happening right now. Uh, I can't imagine that any of you are not aware right now of what's happening in Ukraine and even happening in the Middle East, certainly with Israel and the battles that they're facing with their neighbors. Uh, so these pressures are mounting all around us, and and that's what we want to talk about today, is not just the reality of those pressures, but how we as Christians diffuse that. Where do we take that? How do we manage this? I mean, because there's pressures in your marriage right now, perhaps in your workplace, maybe with your family members, your extended family members, your coworkers, the list goes on and on. What are we to do about that? That's what we want to encourage you with today, is how we go to God's Word, at least acknowledge that we are struggling even every day to be the kind of Christian that God has called us to be, that when you go to church and maybe you leave disappointed thinking, I need to improve my prayer life, I need to improve my relationship with my spouse, I need to be more in the Word of God, all of these things are mounting around us, and we can often feel even discouraged. And may it never be. We want you to be encouraged, brothers and sisters. So to help me in this vital discussion, as I've already mentioned, Dr. Steve Ford is here with me in the studio again today. Dr. Ford, always good to have you. Welcome back to Engage in Truth. Thank you, John. It's so great to go back as as you were mentioning those things. I was just thinking about how we feel so inadequate, and then our <laughs> cell phones start going off and you know, texting people texting us and, right. and all the right we are we are so accessible now. Um, in addition to all the other things that we have, uh, you know, putting pressure on us, including just coming out of a pandemic, all the ramifications with that, mm. um, it almost seems like an unparalleled time in human history. I've been reading a book by Chuck Swindoll, and he was just talking about the effect of our technology and how it negatively impacts our yeah. intimacy with the Lord. It's how it's so interfering, and even just the idea of leisure is almost a, a lost art now. There's there's nowhere you can go and not be contacted. That's right. And I know, uh, boy, I'm probably speaking to the pastors out there, but I really think all of us can relate to this because I don't think that many people fully understand, even from a pastoral perspective, and I certainly didn't before the Lord called me to being a pastor, how the accessibility has changed everything. I, there, were, there was an era at time, even when I was focused on the family, when I actually wore a pager, right, right. and that was intrusive into a regularly scheduled program of the day. Yeah. But now I am expected to be on call 24-7, and if I don't get back to somebody immediately, there could be an emotional ramification to that. They may feel like they're not important. Right. They may feel like I'm just too busy for them and that their situation is not vital. And and I had to remind a gentleman the other day, I said, you know, do you realize that I get at least 30 calls a day, yeah. every day, minimum? In addition to all the other 
demanding pressures that are put on even as a pastor. And so it's not that your situation is not important. You just have to understand that the expectation has changed. People now expect from all of us that we are tied to yeah, this phone tether, right? right? Yeah. All times. Yeah. 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 This is not the network news. <laughs> not 24 seven. But I remember even in my early days of medicine, you know, you would, like you said, you would have a pager, but the pager only had so much, you know, distance which right. you could be reached and you could actually get outside of that distance and sort of be left alone for a little bit. <laughs> yeah. But now with cell phones, it's hard to find somewhere where you're actually, you know, out of reach. Yeah, that's uh, right. And I, I think you're right. Different people, you know, they set uh, different ideas of, how long, you know, somebody can respond to a text or phone call before I become insulted or get my feelings hurt? Mm-hmm. Not realizing, like you said, just how busy and under so many demands the person is on the other side of that equation. Yeah, I was talking about grace. Uh, well, in a conversation I had with a brother this morning, he was saying, you know, it's funny how air conditioning has changed the entire dynamic of relationships. There used to be a time when we were forced out of our homes to even just go outside, breathe in the air, talk with your neighbors. Right. And and now we've isolated ourselves, yet we feel like there's not enough of ourselves to go around. The the demands at work, our family, and of course, the never-ending buzzing in our pocket from right. these phones that seem to need our constant attention. And and it may not always be a priority. It might be that we're on a, you know, a group chat or maybe even just uh, feeling that need, this uh, attention deficit where we just, I don't know, I've, I've certainly found it for myself that if this phone is not in my hand all the time now, every waking yeah. moment, that I'm missing something, yeah. that fear of missing out, and, and it might be something important, and, right. and there's that constant feel of the pressure to be on right. all the time. Yeah. Uh, so let's let's talk about it. Let, let's really get into this from a biblical perspective. Our time will get away from us so quickly, but as we were thinking about how to talk about being better under pressure, Acts chapter 9, verses 20 to 30 really comes to mind here, because right out of the gate, we're introduced to Paul, who is formerly Saul, and he's hit with adversity and pressure. So as we think about how to navigate this thing called pressure, I always take it to Scripture. Scripture has a lot to share with us about such matters, because here, after the Damascus Road encounter with Jesus— we see this young Saul, or you know, young in his ministry, certainly, as he's going out faithfully now to preach the gospel. Christians are skeptical. They're not sure what to believe about this guy because he was formerly an instrument, a, a tool being used to go out to destroy the church by the enemy. And he thought he was doing the right thing in so doing and coming against Christians. And so Christians are rightfully skeptical about his authenticity in this conversion. And, and so they're keeping an arm's distance from him perhaps even talking about him a little bit behind his back. Do you really believe this guy? And and then we see that he's preaching the gospel. There are converts, and because of the number of converts, now those who are against the word of God are now coming against him to such numbers that they have all of the city gates uncovered, ready to kill this man. He has to be lowered through the wall by way of a basket just to preserve his life. So you talk about immense amount of pressure on both sides where you're like, who is willing to even hear me right now? Everybody seems to be against me. And I feel like a lot of us can relate to that, that we just feel like we're letting everybody down, that this pressure is immense. Okay, even take it back to the 1980s for a moment. Uh, There was a funny line in this movie, Back to the Future, in which Marty McFly kept uh, using this saying, oh, that's heavy, Doc. This is heavy, Doc. And, and Doc Brown responds, there's that word again, heavy. 
Why are things so heavy in the future? Is there a problem with the Earth's gravitational pull? Question mark. And I thought that is so funny because it does feel like as things progress getting closer to the return of Jesus Christ, it does feel like it's getting heavier. Maybe we're just more aware of what's going on around us, perhaps more so than ever before. And, and certainly feeling all of those pressures to say, Lord, I, I got to get things right before you. I well, I need to get my accounts settled everywhere, and yet I feel like perhaps I'm in more debt than ever before. I, I'm not in the relationship that I need to be having before you with you, and certainly my relationship at large with my children and spouse and whatever those circles are just feel insurmountable. Well, the Apostle Paul also calls us to 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verses 8 to 10, In these powerful words that he wrote, later on in his ministry, listen to what he says here. He says, For we do not want you to be ignorant, brethren, of our trouble which came to us in Asia, that we were burdened beyond measure, above strength, so that we despaired even of life. Yes, we had the sentence of death in ourselves, that we should not trust in ourselves, but in God who raises the dead, who delivered us from so great a death and does deliver us, in whom we trust that he will still deliver us. Thank you, Lord, for these words. Because, Dr. Ford, it it certainly speaks to me that at times when it feels like those pressures are so great, here's the Apostle Paul saying that he was burdened beyond measure, thinking that his very life was about to be lost And then we see this Greek interpretation of the word despair, meaning there's no way out, no exit. That's an immense amount of pressure that you have put yourself totally in subjection to the will of God. And the outcome of that was not that there was rainbows and butterflies, but rather the opposite of that. It got harder. The road got harder. The, The Rather than a downhill jog, it became an uphill climb of exhaustion to the end of flesh. Why? So that God would remind him every moment of the way that it is he and he alone who delivers. It's God who makes a way through this, not out of his own strength, not by way of his flesh, no earthly man-made solution. You can't make enough fists with your toes to (laughs) absolve that kind of pressure. You can't squeeze enough stress balls in order to get out of that kind of pressure. You have got to be grounded In the Word of God, in a strong posturing of prayer, submission to Him is the key, and He will strengthen you. We are a temple of the Holy Spirit, after all. Yeah, I I totally agree. I think that you can see that Paul knew the scriptures of his day, which were the Old Testament, and how many Mm. times he saw people being delivered in the Old Testament allowed him to have faith that they would be delivered in the things that they were going through. Amen. So he said he, he knew that because he knew his scriptures. That's right. You know, another verse that comes to mind, Dr. Ford, that's just so dear to my heart is uh, Psalm 118, 5 to 6. It says, Out of my distress, I called on the Lord. The Lord answered me and set me free. The Lord is on my side. I will not fear. What can man do to me? That's from the ESV. And I just love that particular verse. I mean, just reminding me that even David, who contributed uh, nearly half of the entire book of Psalms that he's able to contribute in a powerful way and be the the a voice of praise unto the Lord, even despite himself in his failures and his peaks, his valleys and his service to the Lord, he always called on the Lord. And I think that's why he was a man after God's heart, because you see him immediately when he acknowledges sin, when he's faced with the reality that he has broken the heart of God, he has been disobedient to the Lord as Nathan even has to confront him and his sinful choices. His 
immediate response is always to go right, right back to the yeah, Lord. Justify. That's he, right. Yeah, he repents. And in this this posturing of just saying, I'm not going to turn to me to absolve my situation. It's only in the Lord will I be set free from the circumstances. Whatever I fear, whatever I'm up against, if God is for me, who can be against me? Truly more than a conqueror. And, and so let's just cover at least four, if we can here today, of just some of the things that cause pressure in our lives. And we can either acknowledge it for what it is and be in disdain against it, uh, be frustrated with God about it, or we can acknowledge that this is a reality that God has purposed pressures in our life to bring out of us something magnificent. A, a glorious project is underway, like the refiner's fire, where he puts us through the testing, the fires that he has appointed so that he'll see his reflection once all the slag is removed from the glorious work that he's doing. After all, he is the potter, we are the clay. And rather than resistant to it, we embrace it. And we acknowledge that he has appointed and allowed certain pressures in our life that ultimately make us better, like a like a diamond being formed out of carbons or a hydraulics. When you apply heat and pressure, you're able to lift immense amount of weight as a result of that. In the same way, God has applied heat and pressure in us because out of it, something is being cultivated that draws us closer to him and sanctifies us. Right. There's a spiritual maturation that comes out of that. One way, Dr. Ford, I believe, is the burden of sin. We are going to feel immense pressure by the choices that we've made that are in disobedience to God. And often, rather than turning to God and saying, Lord, help me to acknowledge and see what you see, things that I've acclimated to and I've accepted as normal behavior because it's the American way— that perhaps I've drowned myself in debt to, to feel of myself some kind of value amongst the my peers and in the value of the eyes of others uh, when they really don't care. I mean, quite frankly, they don't care what brand is on your shoes, uh, the, on the feet uh, that, <laughs> that are carrying you about your busyness <laughs> of the day or what type of brand watch you're wearing. Nobody really cares about these sort of things, but we will drown ourselves in debt to uh, amass these things as though they give us some kind of worth. And I've thought about from the standpoint of from a, a nerdy science mind that I have at times that, you know, there's a there's pressure inside the body, pressure without the on the outside of the body. So the exterior and the interior pressures, and they have to be equalized. God has designed it this way. If you suck all of the air out of the human vessel, that it can it can actually be squished, right? The the body can be compressed uh if, if those pressures are not equalized. And we see that as people travel in space and deep, right. uh, deep, uh, you know, valleys within the ocean floor even. So you have to equalize the pressures. And when we suck the sin pressure out of our lives and we fill it back up with exactly what God has appointed to be in our lives, according to Philippians chapter 4, verses 8 to 9, where we're dwelling on the things that bring him praise, the things that are pure, praiseworthy, of nobility, the, the things that God is glorified in— then the, the pressures of sin are removed and suddenly there's an equalized pressure within our body that makes this temple bring glory to the king. And it's no longer the pressures that tear us down, but the types of pressures that bring him praise. And, and he's perfectly appointed this. I think about all the temptations that we face today, and God has already appointed for an escape from all of those, if we will take it. The path is there, and he tells us that in 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 13, but we fail to take the path that is often wrought with difficulty. Narrow is the way that leads to life, and it is a difficult journey, but it is one that will lead to life. And number two, I think about the tribulation that we face. 
And Dr. Ford, I know that uh, you probably have some wisdom to bestow upon us in this area, because many are the afflictions of the righteous. And I, I know for fact that the Christian is not exempt from ordinary troubles. I, I've, I've loved that picture where you see a rock that's split in two with a tree that's grown right. up through it, that's yeah. growing up. It seems to be you know, able to resist this immense pressure from the rock, and out of it is something glorious. And it's just it's such a statement of victory for me when I see that. And I go, that's what God is doing in us. And I think about what Peter said in 1 Peter chapter 1, verses 6 to 7. He says, In this you rejoice, though now for a little while, if necessary, you have been grieved by various trials, so that the tested genuineness of your faith, more precious than gold, that perishes, though it is tested by fire, listen, may be found to result in praise and glory and honor at the revelation of Jesus Christ that he has purpose, yes, even tribulation, because it brings out of us something glorious. What we resist and we push against, I don't want that trouble. I don't want that difficult meeting. I don't want to have to stand before people and speak. And all the things we resist, and yet God is purposing it to do something more glorious. And I know, Dr. Ford, your whole life, I think, as we've just shared even off air, just talking as brothers it's amazing how God has cultivated out of you that closer communion communion with him, even through those struggles. What's your heart on this matter with no, tribulation? <laughs> no, I completely agree. In fact, we were talking before the show with another uh, brother in Christ that I had been speaking with, and just that suffering is part of the Christian walk. You know, mm-hmm. just, if you, it's just so evident in Scripture and so evident in experience if you've been walking with the Lord for very long. But the Lord doesn't waste the suffering this the suffering is not purposeless, but purposeful Amen. for something that the Lord has in mind to bless us. Yeah. And I think, like you said, is that the important thing is during these times that we lean into him and we lean into scripture. We're spending time in the word. We're spending time alone with him in prayer. We're getting together with brothers and sisters in, in Christ and praying for them and having them pray for us yeah. to get through these times together. We're not supposed to travel through them alone. Amen. Amen. I love the fact that you live it. You're a, you're a practicing I mean, you, you, you're out there tending to patients. You've got a full schedule as a, as a doctor and very skilled in what you do. You have plenty on your plate. And you could justify that before God and saying, I tend to people every day and I help make people better every single day. That's enough. And I, you, could, you could take everything, go home at the end of the day, spend time with your wife and children, come back the next day and feel fully justified to never have to take on any more but yet in the midst of your lunch break, you come over here, record the show, fill the another slot with another responsibility unto the Lord. And, and yet what you've done is tried to move everything else around that to say, I want to prioritize God above everything else and allow that to cascade correctly. And I have to believe, as you've shared with me, that the blessings have been immense when you could look at the schedule and say, there's no room for God in this schedule You've demonstrated that, yes, there is, but he's my priority. He's the centerpiece of it all. And though it may look hard and it adds more pressure, there's a satisfaction in knowing that you've aligned the day with him as number one. You know, When we've talked about even Martin Luther, who said, work, work, work from early to late. I have so much to do. I shall spend the first three hours in prayer. Right. I mean, who says that? <laughs> <laughs> I am thinking, Lord, I, can you be happy with the 10 minutes I can give you today? Right, exactly. And yet he was showing us that 
I can make God such a priority that he will maximize my ability to produce more with shorter amount of time and daylight that's available to me. It's it's almost like how do you fill a boat with two of every kind of species on the planet? We can do jumping jacks in our mind to try to say, okay, how do you part the Red Sea and there's dry land under it? How do you fill the ark with every type of animal to repopulate the entire earth? I mean, we try to scientifically rationalize it away. How could you possibly spend three hours in a fully loaded schedule and yet find that you're producing more at the end of the day? That's a supernatural work when we submit it to God and watch how he alleviates the pressures when there's a proper plumb line that leads and guides our life. Yeah. And, and let me look at just a couple more here. I think poverty comes to mind because we always struggle with, do we have enough? And I think the question to ask here is, is the poor man who is rich in Christ truly poor? Or is the rich man who is poor in spirit truly rich? It's really an alignment exercise. I mean, what will it profit a man truly to gain the whole world and lose his soul? I wonder if the Lord often causes struggle and pressures in our life because we need to learn to do without that. That if if our roots are too deep in this system of Babylon, we'll never be flexible to where God wants us to go in in his work. Uh, and, And I know, Dr. Ford, you've done that masterfully to say, I could do more, I could work harder, I can work more hours, but if everything is under my alignment with my love of the Lord Jesus it all aligns perfectly and I have more satisfaction in it. And of course, I'm putting words to your lips. I'm yeah. just sharing with our listener what you've shared with yeah, me. it's so true. It's you know, trying to go through things and, and what is gold, silver, and precious stones and what is hay, wood, and stubble. Right. You know, when you're thinking about how you're going to spend your time. And as you were talking, I was thinking about the, the rich young ruler, you know, who was told to give up everything because that's where his heart was. We're not all told to give up everything because that's not necessarily our issue before the Lord. Um, but just depending yeah. on, you know, what our issue is, everything that the Lord asks us to do is for our own good. And mm-hmm. the other thing, we have to realize that when these things come into our life, there is nothing that comes into our life without passing through the sovereign hands of God. Amen. Amen. That's right. He is reigning on his throne. He orders everything. Colossians 1 tells us he holds everything together. Every cell, our next breath, it is all his. And truly, if we lay down our agenda to his... There may still be the pressures of service. I don't think the pressure goes away, but there's a different kind of pressure. The pressures are ones that we learn to completely depend on him to navigate life through. And he has to detoxify us a bit because we have amassed pressures on ourselves that yield no eternal fruit. And and as he helps us, guides us, leads us to, to take all of that off, to throw those things off, those heavy yokes of this world, his yoke is light, but there will be pressures in service to him. We, we dare not try to steal that away and, and, and uh, pretend that that's not a reality. It is. There are immense amount of pressures. Certainly all of the disciples, as they went out and became apostles in service to the Lord and went out faithfully in all the world to preach the gospel, there came pressure. Their lives were constantly on the line for the Lord. Many of them died in service to the king. That's a different kind of pressure, though, and it's commendable before God because he is the deliverer through that in a commendable, honorable battle that is before us. So in our final moment together, Dr. Ford, I want to encourage everybody, listen to these words, James chapter 1, verse 12, blessed is the man who remains steadfast under trial, for when he has stood the test, he will receive 
the crown of life, which God has promised to those who love him. We have to remember that like the acacia wood that was used on the Ark of the Covenant, that wood was valuable because it had weathered the storms. It was now strong. It had fortitude. It had the ability of perseverance, if you will, if you can attribute that to wood. But what made it so desirable is because it had to weather those storms to be of value. And then it's used in the very Ark of the Covenant. Then it's covered in gold, as we know. But acacia wood is unique because now it's strong. It can weather the waters, the pest, all of the variables that can come against wood. It's right. It's the right kind of wood for that kind of assignment. And it's because it wasn't put in the easy soil, right. uh, fertilized, intended to without winds and storms and rains. No, it had to be exposed to all of it to make it the kind of wood that could be used, such as the kind of wood for the Ark of the Covenant itself, which I think God is doing in all of our lives. And so, Dr. Ford, as it always happens here on Engage in Truth, the time has gotten away from us. We want to thank everybody for listening. We hope that in some way, perhaps we were able to encourage you today to face the storms of your life head on, that God is for you and you are more than a conqueror in Jesus Christ our Lord. Don't back down to those pressures, but rather turn to the Lord Jesus Christ who will guide you through it and help you navigate with precision all of the storms of your life. Again, we want to encourage you to check us out at calvaryfountain.com. If you're looking for a church in your area, you can come visit us at Calvary Fellowship Fountain Valley Church. Services are 8 a.m. and 10 a.m. on Sundays, and we'd love to see you there. God bless you, my friends. Take care.